to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. in his peace. Rest in his word. Come on, we diving into the word, checking out what does God say about rest? What does God say about peace? And God's got a lot to say. Who's ready to enter into the peace of God? Anybody ready? Come on, we're ready to enter into the peace of God. Going beyond in rest and peace. Not restlessness, not restless nights, but we're going to enter into the rest and peace of God. Supernatural rest, supernatural peace, contrary to everything that's going on in our life, contrary to the doctor's report, contrary to the to the uh, financial situation and the financial crisis, contrary to whatever, we're going to walk in peace. We're going to enter into the rest of God, resting at the feet of Jesus. Come on, how many are ready to rest at the feet of Jesus? Let's dive into the Word and see what that even looks like. What does that even mean? Not religiously, but what does that mean, right? Luke 10, 38. Come on, let's look to Luke. Come on, I hope you all came ready for the Word, right? We got our Bibles. We got our notebooks. Come on, you got your iPad, your iPen, your iPencils, your iPhone, your eyeballs ready. Let's go. Let's go. Luke 10, 38. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Have you ever imagined Jesus is going by the city? You overhear Martha and you're like, hey, Jesus, come on, come on over. We got some enchiladas. Come on in. Come on. Right? We got some tacos. We got whatever. We got rice. We got beans. Named Martha. She welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary. This is my favorite part. Who seated herself at the Lord's feet. That's me. (laughs) That's my seat. I love it. It says she seated herself. Who seated her? Did Jesus seat her? Did the disciples come and usher her to the feet of Jesus? She seated herself. All right. She seated herself at the Lord's feet. When's the last time you seated yourself at the Lord's feet? The last time you seated yourself in the word. The last time you seated yourself, not just on YouTube, not just on like meaningless, uh, mindless scrolling, but seating yourself at the feet of Jesus. She seated herself at the feet of Jesus and was continually listening to his teachings. Can you remember the time you were so hungry? You were so passionate. You needed a word from God. You needed a word from the Lord. You needed answers. You needed peace. You needed help. What did you do? You sat yourself at the feet of Jesus. You could not help but have that word on repeat. You got that teaching on repeat because you said, Lord, I came for a word. I came for an answer. I need you. Right? Here we go. She was continually listening to his teachings. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all her serving responsibilities. Oh, I got to do this and I got to do this. It's all for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord. I got to be busy, 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 busy. Anybody been there? Let me tell you, we've all been there. Okay? Don't get guilty. Don't be sorry. Just change. Just change. Right? She was busy with and distracted with all her serving responsibilities. 
and she approached him and said, Lord, can you imagine? You've been so busy. You've been so distracted. You got the nerve to come up to Jesus and be like, Lord, listen, Lord. Lord, is it of none of your concern? Is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Serving alone. Listen, Jesus, you tell her. Anybody had that prayer? Jesus, you tell my husband. Jesus, you tell these children. Jesus, you tell my boss. Jesus, you tell my neighbor. Jesus, you tell my sister. Jesus, you tell my bank. Anybody had these prayers before? You're so busy. You're so distracted. Who do you get an attitude with? The Lord. Woo-wee. I'm just saying no guilt, no condemnation, just change. We came to receive the word, right? She's up in here like, Lord, you tell her. Listen, Jesus. But Jesus replied to her, Martha, Martha, Sasha, Sasha. Say your name, say your name, say your name. Say my name, say my name. No, Lord, no, Lord. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part. That is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. What's not going to be taken away from her? All that she received at the feet of Jesus. All that she surrendered herself. She surrendered her, t- her entire life. She's just receiving from Jesus. That's not going to be taken away from her. Because you know what? Jesus didn't come to be fed. He came to feed. Right? So he ain't worried about the enchiladas, Martha. Sit down. He ain't worried about all that busy, busy, busy serving, serving. Sit down. Right? She's chosen the good. Mary was resting and receiving every word spoken from Jesus. But Martha was restless and stressed from trying so hard to serve him. We've all been there at some stage in our life, some stage in ministry, some stage in your relationships. Just stressed, busy, busy, serving, serving. And sometimes all that busyness is just hiding something. You know, something you need to bring to the feet of Jesus. But you're like hiding, hiding, hiding. But he knows. <laughs> he knows everything about you. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. You got nothing to hide. Mary put her focus on receiving. And Martha put her focus on serving. Martha, Martha. We've all been here. We have all been here, right? Jesus did everything that he was called to do here on the earth. He did it out of rest. He did it out of relationship with the Father. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We just have to stop being so distracted by the world, so distracted by religion, so distracted by all the feed that is in our face, so distracted by our, not smartphones, but our stupid phones, so distracted. Anybody? we got to stop being so distracted with busyness and enter into the rest of God. Hebrews 4.11. Let us therefore make every effort. Here's our effort. Y'all ready? Here's your effort to enter the rest of God. To know 
and experience it for ourselves. Not just hear about it, not just watch a video. No, we're going to experience it for ourselves. We're going to experience the rest of God in our situation, in our abandonment, in our fear, our rejection. We're going to enter the rest of God. That's how we do. We're going to check. We're going to, we all have issues. I got issues, you got them too. Come on. We all have things. Why? Because we've been brought up by parents who did their best, but some of the best was not very good, right? We all got issues, right? And we need to bring those to Jesus, and he meets us right where we are, but he won't leave us there. He's got so much for us, but we got to enter that rest. We got to enter and experience it for ourselves, not just hear about it, not just wish for it, but experience it so that, so that no one will fall by following the same examples of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness, just circling the wilderness. The same examples of unbelief, the same examples, come on, the same patterns of unbelief. Anybody been there? You stuck in a pattern, you stuck, you just on repeat, on repeat, you're like, no, I'm gonna pass this, I'm gonna get out of this, right? The same refusal to believe. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God desires great things for us, that God desires more than us for us to get beyond this. God already sees us on the other side. We just gotta rest in Him. We gotta trust him, right? The Israelites could not enter into the rest because of their unbelief, right? The word from God, they heard, they heard the word, but it did them no good because of their unbelief. How many of us hear the word, but it's not profiting us because of our unbelief? We're not sure that God, that that's God's will for us. Let me tell you, it's God's will to heal. It's God's will to prosper. It's God's will. Come on, you're above and not beneath. We believe, Lord, help our unbelief. <laughs> help our unbelief, right? Hebrews 4.3. For we who believe, look at your neighbor and say, do you believe? Because I believe. I believe in you. For we who believe, that is we who personally trust and confidently rely on God. For we who believe, all right, that we personally trust in him. Not we who come to church. You know what? Sometimes we think we're over here. This is not a club you enter, all right? This ain't the gym where you come, you want to click, and, you know, you got your membership. And that doesn't make you a Christian. Making you a Christian is that you believe that you are born again. There is a change that happens on the inside of you. You become one with God. Your spirit is made alive together with him. Let me tell you, all that action happening on the inside is going to be transforming you on the outside. We just got to renew our mind. So don't come up in here like this is the gym. You got your membership. You over here at Lifetime. Hey, got that bougie this. No. We're not, this ain't lifetime, this is love life, right? This isn't the gym, this is the change on the inside. You are born again, we who believe, right? Not just we who attend, we who believe, that is who personally trust and confidently rely on God. Enter that rest. That's going to be the fruit, that's going to be the fruit that we believe, then we walk in in that rest. Because we go through the same situation as people in the world, but we should be walking with our head up high, confident that God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is on our side, right? He won't forsake us because he's in me. He can't, my insides can't leave me. They're in me. God in me. Christ in you. Amen. 
we have inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation. This is why we need to learn the word so that way we can walk in confidence in that sozo life, that all-inclusive life. Jesus died on the cross so that we could live the sozo life, the God kind of life. And we over here begging and scraping and hoping to get by. We're going to make it through. You know, there's hell going on out there. It's craziness. It's wild. And the school system and the government and this voting and gas prices and ah, no, no, not us. We don't got a spirit of fear. We got power. We got love. We got a sound mind. We are the power team, guys. That is who we are. Yes, inner peace. Now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power, just as he said, as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, he's waiting for all who would believe. Come on, that's us. We believe. Let's believe the word. Come on, it's time to enter into God's rest and God's best, right? Remember, it's not about more faith. It's about less unbelief. It's about less unbelief, right? We have been given the measure of faith. You've got the measure of faith. I've got the measure of faith. It's, we've got it all, all that we need. Serve Jesus in faith. Serve him in faith. Not Martha, Martha, Martha. No, serve him in faith. Walk in confidence. Stand in faith. Walk in faith. Love in faith. Live in faith. And when you get tired, look at your neighbor saying, when you get tired, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Bring it all to Jesus. Talk to him about everything, right? Give him thanks for everything and enter into his rest and his peace. And you know what? You got to stir up the gift within you. It's time to fan that flame, right? When the flame starts dwindling down, who needs to fan it? You need to fan it. I don't need to fan your flame. You better fan your own flame. This girl is on fire. Why? 25 years serving in the ministry, loving God, loving Jesus, loving life. How? Fanning the flame, stirring up the gift, reminding myself that the word is alive in me, right? This word comes alive in you. When you leave it there, you're wondering like, why isn't it alive? Why isn't it alive? Pick it up. <laughs> Read it. It comes alive in you. And then you start walking out the word. You start walking in love, walking in peace, walking in joy, walking in strength, walking in self-control. You become a new person, a new being. People don't even recognize you. Why? Because your attitude and actions are completely transformed. You are changed from the inside. Stir up the gift and fan the flame. We up in here in Arizona, it's hot. We need a fan all the time. We just need a fan. We need the AC, right? Remind yourself, fan that flame. Fan that flame. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.5, I remember your sincere and genuine faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in his power, in his wisdom, and his goodness. Anybody remember your genuine faith when you first believed when God was good and God is great? His power is everything. His church, you can't even believe. These people really love me. 
Are you fake? Why do you love me? Why do you care about my kids? Why? Because God's goodness is alive in me to share with others, right? A faith which first lived in the hearts of your grandmother and your mother. I love that, right? And I am confident, this is Paul, and I'm confident that it is in you as well. That is why I remind you to fan into flame. I want to remind you, love life. I want to remind you, family, fan into flame. Fan, remember, come on, the gracious gift, the inner fire, the special gift, which, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind, personal discipline, abilities that rest in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. How many of you know we are striving, we are so desperate for a well-balanced mind to walk in self-control? We have been given power, love, and a sound mind. Don't allow this world system, don't allow this generation to rile you up, to make you anxious, right? Why do you think, why is it so cool? We got energy drinks on, energy drinks on, energy drinks. And in the coffee's got sugar, sugar, sugar. And we're wondering why people are so anxious. The caffeine. You, and you're not anxious, you're just caffeinated. Then you drink a Coke and this and that. You got caffeine galore. I'm just anxious. Look, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. Stop, stop. But it's so cool, you know, I gotta get my Dutch, you know, I just gotta wait in line for 20 million hours so I can just look cool. Anyways, calm. I don't know why I'm talking trash. I just drank a coffee a minute ago. <laughs> I'm like, when I was growing up, guys, back in the day, I mean, I'm not that old, but like coffee was only for old people. Like only old people drank coffee. So I was like, when I was young, I was like, even just it got hip, it got cool, coffee, coffee. I'm like, that's disgusting, you know? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old enough to drink coffee. It has happened. Anyways, calm, well-balanced self-control, right? Remember when you first surrendered your entire self to God? Anybody remember it? Anybody remember that exciting time of your life, right? Remind yourself to fan that flame. Seat yourself at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes it feels like we give and give and do and do, just like restless Martha, Martha, right? We all go through times like that. I just want to encourage you, don't lose heart, take heart, and take responsibility of the condition of your heart, right? We all go through times like this, but stir up the gift and fan that flame. Fan the flame. Remember your sincere and genuine faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in his power, in his wisdom, in his goodness. Don't give up. Get up right? Don't give in to unbelief. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to familiarity, all right? Don't give in to familiarity. God stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a long time being the same. That's a long time. Let me tell you, he is still doing the same powerful things in our lives from when we first started to walk with him, when we first started with him, right? We have just got used to his power. 
We've gotten used to his wisdom. We've gotten used to his word, right? We've gotten used to his goodness and we've gotten used to his church. Oh yeah, it's just so familiar, right? Don't allow familiarity to creep in. Familiarity produces contempt, right? Don't give in to familiar unbelief, right? You just come into church, you got your seat, you like heard that word before, you've already heard that scripture. Let me tell you, that moment that that scripture comes alive in your life, you will never be the same. So you keep on coming, you keep on coming. I've been here 25 years and Pastor Dan's always got a new word. He can say the same scripture and somehow he squeezes a new message out of it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he did it again. Yes. Why? Because it's the gift. It's the anointing, right? It's the Holy Spirit moving in my heart, in your heart. In the time of need, you've got that word build up in your life and bam, it's ready. Bam, you're walking in that power. Bam, you're walking in that love. Bam, you're walking in that freedom. Come hungry every time. Do not get familiar. Do not allow familiarity in your heart. Don't get so familiar with God that you're like, uh. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still doing powerful things. Wake up and pay attention, right? Don't blame God. Don't get bitter. Get better. Come on. Ain't no bitter Bettys in here. No thanks. We're going to root out any root of bitterness. We ain't going to let that thing, we're not going to let that thing produce roots. No, we're going to get a shovel. We're going to get a pick. We're going to get some weed killer, whatever we got to do. We ain't going to be bitter about God blessing somebody, God healing somebody else. We're going to celebrate. We're going to rejoice. We're going to get excited. We're going to be passionate about what God is doing for others because their win is your your win. When jealousy creeps in, you wonder why God ain't doing nothing in your life because you holding the blessing back. You holding it back, being bitter and jealous and resentful about so-and-so and what and what. You don't even know. Don't be worried about their house. You don't even know their debt. You don't even know their relationship. You don't know nothing about them. And you're over here ruining your life. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Baby, I'm sorry. Not sorry. I'm not sorry about the word. Come on. The word is coming for all of us. Anyways, this baby slipped out. I just reeled that back in. Labor to rest. How many are ready to labor? All the moms in the house said, mm. Can I get an epidural? We're going to labor to rest. Labor to rest. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to rest at the feet of Jesus, right? Spending quality time with him in his word. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, are you tired? Come on, if you're not, you will be. And you need to know this word. You need to know this word. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. You will recover your life. Everything that's been stolen from you, you will recover your life. You will recover your life. We've been doing kids ministry. I'm like, no, we're going to recover their innocence. We're going to recover the innocence of this generation. We will not stop. We will defend it at all costs. We will remind them that God is good and he loves them. He is passionate about them. The world system will not take this generation. We will fight for them. We will do everything possible to give them an opportunity to choose Jesus and to know that God loves them so much and that he created them with a purpose. Amen. 
not robbing our generation younger and younger and younger. No, we're going to fight. Fight the good fight. That means we win. We win. Parents, fight for your children. Fight for them. Fight for their innocence. Man, that mama Sasha and me gets me. Woo. I mean, I'm telling you, it seems like when I was young, we were in high school, maybe thought we were like 19. I mean, these 10-year-olds act like they're 25. I'm like, get over here. Come here. Come here. Here. Do you know how to obey? Here is here. Come here. Give me a hug. I love you. That's it. Do you know how many kids just need to be loved? Just We've been praying, praying in the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit moves in their heart and that these kids have an opportunity to come to know Jesus for themselves. Not a religious talk, not because their parents made them come, but come to know Jesus and find true purpose and just to understand creation. And the world system is just bombarding them with so much information that they need truth. They need truth because without truth, they have no foundation. And they're going to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, this and that. And you can choose this. And if you feel this, no, it's not about your feelings. God's word gives us the truth. And we got to empower them. We got to fight for them. We got to fight for you, fight for our family units. We just fight it, the good fight. But stop fighting each other, okay? Come to Jesus. How many of us ready to live lightly and live freely? Bring it all to Jesus. Walk with him. Talk with him. Work with him. Learn from him. Lean on him and rest in him. Jesus is our example. Jesus did everything that he was called to do in rest, in fellowship with the Father, empowered with the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him as born again believers come on Christ lives in us right let's follow after his example we got to follow after his example when people came to throw Jesus off of a cliff because of his teachings he simply walked away from them what he didn't punch him in the face he what he walked away from them. How many of us need to learn how to walk away from the mob? Oh, it's silent. Okay. Let's look to the word. Back to Luke. Look to Luke. Luke 4, 28. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed Jesus and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built, where they intended to push him off the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. We need to look to Jesus. We need to follow his example. Sometimes you just need to go on your way. Don't hate the haters. Hate evil. And overcome evil with good. Anybody? Walk away. Sometimes we just need to put our phone away. Right? It's okay if people get upset when you speak the truth. When Jesus was falsely accused, he didn't even answer his accusers. Proverbs 26.4. I don't know if y'all is ready for this. Y'all ready? All right. 
Don't answer nor pretend to agree with stupid comments of a closed-minded fool according to his folly. Otherwise, you, even you, yes, you, will be like him. What? Jesus didn't answer a fool in his folly with that closed-mindedness, right? Don't argue with stupidity. Don't argue with religious people. Sometimes people just say the stupidest things, and we try to defend ourselves. We try to make people like us. We try to make people understand us, right? Sometimes you just need to walk away. Put your phone away. Don't allow stupid words spoken over you to replay in your mind. I don't care who said them. Do not allow them to be on repeat. Don't put shuffle. Don't put rewind. Don't put repeat. Get it out, right? Don't answer a fool. Don't lower yourself to their level of ignorance. Is this for anybody tonight? Come on. When, we, when, uh, when Jesus, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter took out his sword and cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. We look into Jesus. How does he respond? Jesus heals the soldier. I'd have said, no, I'd have said, Peter, take his head. Take them all, Peter. Get all ninja warrior on him, right? Jesus heals the soldier. Jesus is our example. Luke twenty two forty nine. When those who were around Jesus saw what was happening, they said, Lord, should we strike them with our sword? And one of them, Peter, struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus replied, stop. No more of this. And he touched the ear and healed him. That took some self-control. I would have said, Peter, Peter, get them all. Not Martha, Martha. Peter, Peter, go for it. Because Jesus was 100% God and he was 100% man. Jesus was God living in a human body. What are you? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you? Come on. What are you? You have a huge, as a, as a born again believer, right? We born again. You have a human body full of the spirit of God living in you. Come on, somebody. That's who we are. We are in Christ Jesus. Jesus used self-control to stay calm. He didn't say whack them all off. He healed, picked up the ear, imagine. Here you go. He dropped something. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment, personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. When Jesus was about to be crucified, Jesus asked God to take this cup away from me. If there's any other way, he resisted until he sweated blood. That's some self-control. We have never resisted nothing to even start sweating. Don't eat the chip, don't eat the chip, and there you are covered in, oh, man. Like, I'm not going to eat any chips. Okay, well, I'm only going to have five. Well, I'm only going to have one bowl, two bowls. The bag is gone. Who did it? It's just you. Nobody else is in there. Are you disappointed in yourself? Anybody been there? Chips. Anyways, 
He resisted until he sweated blood. Now that's some self-control. Luke twenty-two forty-one, And Jesus was withdrawn from them about a stone throw away. I love that. They're so close to Jesus, he's going away to pray. But it's just about a stone throw away. So it's just, if he could throw a rock, you're that close. But get away because he's praying, okay? He needs some time alone. He knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. That's what I need. I need an angel. When I open the bag of chips, I'm joking because I haven't even resisted to break a sweat. I may have breaking a sweat opening the bag. He's resisting breaking a sweat of blood. The angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. Jesus disregarded the shame of the cross for the prize on the other side. We don't want to endure anything, any resistance to even get halfway. Not all the way to the other side. Anybody? Come on. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him. Come on, on the other side. He thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. Let us keep our eyes Fixed on Jesus. Come on, not letting the enemy rob us of God's rest, of God's best, robbing us of joy, robbing us of peace, right? During a hurricane, Jesus was resting in a boat with his head on a pillow. The disciples thought that they were going to die, right? Jesus got up, spoke, peace be still to the storm in Mark 4, 37. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat on the boat so that it was already feeling. But Jesus was in a boat, asleep on a pillow. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? Doesn't that sound like Martha? <laughs> don't you care? You better tell my sisters. They're like, don't you care? We are dying. Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind and the wind <laughs> ceased, and there was a great calm. Let me tell you, you cannot speak to the storms in your life if you don't have any peace in your life. <laughs> you can't speak peace. You can't speak peace, be still, when you're like, oh. Jesus said, my perfect peace, I give to you. Peace, shalom, health, wealth, prosperity, success, wholeness, soundness of mind, nothing missing, nothing broken belongs to you. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace, shalom, I leave with you. Jesus is about to go to heaven. He's about to leave the disciples. And what does he say? Peace, I leave with you. Peace, I leave with you. My perfect supernatural peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, Conditional peace, limited by natural circumstance, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Allow my perfect peace to calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. 
Live in peace. Protect your peace. Come on. Romans 12, 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as what? As far as it depends on you, live in peace, right? Protect your peace. In our homes, let's be the peacemakers. In our families, let's be the peacemakers, right? In our relationships, let's be the peacemakers. In our jobs, let's be the peacemakers. In our church, come on, let's rise up and be the peacemakers. In our world, let's be the peacemakers. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, finally, brothers and sisters, keep rejoicing. Keep celebrating and repair whatever is broken. Encourage each other. Think as one and live at peace. And God, the author of love and peace, will remain with you. Come on, as far as it depends on us, live in peace. Protect your peace. Let's be the first to apologize and move on. Y'all ready? We're going to be the first to apologize, take responsibility when needed, and move on, right? Not keeping score. I said sorry first last time. Anybody? You know, you're like, oh, man, I was acting. How many times? I always have to listen to your stories. I always have to apologize first. And what are you, you're just keeping track, keeping track. You didn't apologize if you keeping score. You ain't sorry. Right? Are you always, anybody else have to have the last word? Like, whoop, whoop. It just slid out of my face. I mean, the last words are just in this file cabinet. And right in What are we doing? At the cost of what? Our peace? At the cost of what? Our relationships? At the cost of the, the ones we love the most? At the cost of scarring our children? At the cost of what? At the cost, the last word at the cost of what? Not us, not here, not at Love Life. We're going to rise up and be the peacemakers, right? We're going to rise up and take responsibility. Our peace is too valuable, right? We have to stop allowing everyone and everything to work us up. The only work we're doing is to labor to rest, right? The minute you start to get upset, the minute you start to worry, that minute it starts to rise up in you. You know when it's rising up, it's right there and your throat is getting very hot. Hotter and hotter. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Take it all to Jesus. Bring it all to Jesus, right? Talk to him about everything. Give him thanks about everything. And enter into his rest and his peace. And at all costs, protect your peace. Protect your peace. Amen? Amen, amen. Protect your peace and run to the feet of Jesus. Don't be busy, Martha, Martha. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Receive all that he has for you. And out of that fullness, serve him. Serve others. Loving God, loving people, loving life. Amen. Y'all receive something tonight? Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Let's walk in peace, entering the rest of God. Love you guys. Have a great night. We'll see you guys all on Sunday.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.